Braves fans, welcome back to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm George McNair. Really good to be back with you guys. As uh, since I was gone on vacation, uh, the end of the trade deadline has occurred. A lot of action has happened. We're going to talk about that for the most part in this episode. I really want to break down what the Braves did and what the rest of the season looks like moving forward for the Braves. Uh, also, um, want to just kind of intro this uh, uh, this episode. Uh, just kind of updating where the Braves stand right now. They are currently three games back in the standings. Last night, they had a very impressive 13-1 to win against the Phillies. Spencer Strider looked incredibly dominant, throwing uh, six and two-thirds innings and 13 strikeouts, which was his career high. He just continues to impress after being the Rookie of the Month in July. Um, and, uh, and then the Braves, unfortunately, dropped today's game. It was a really early game. I wasn't able to see that one since I was at work, um, like most of us, but a 3-1 to loss uh, to the Phillies in this short two-game series that they had uh, with Philadelphia. Zach Wheeler was throwing today, so it looks like the Braves just couldn't quite get the offense going against a very tough pitcher there. Uh, so the Braves currently sit three games out of first place. New York does have a game tonight, and then the Braves will uh, travel to New York. They're probably doing that right now, traveling to New York for – uh, maybe the most important series of the year, a five-game series, a very rare five-game series with the Mets. The, a game was added to that series as a makeup game, uh, so there will be a double header involved in that game. So a lot could obviously happen if one team dominates that series. Uh, if it's a split, um, then maybe not much happens. But really, the Braves are in a position being three potentially three games, three and a half games out by the end end of today where they really need to at least win the series uh, at the very least. So we will see what happens. Of course, the trade deadline setting up the rest of the season. Uh, and so let's dig right into that and what the Braves did. And what I'm going to do uh, is just kind of go uh, through the timeline of events and uh, each move that the Braves made during, uh, during the trade deadline uh, season. And, um, and we're going to dig into each of those guys that the Braves were able to acquire, as well as a few of the guys that the Braves uh, traded away. So the first guy that the Braves were able to acquire is a very familiar name to Braves fans. That's Ere Adrianza. And uh, he was with the Braves last year in their championship run. Had a one of the biggest at-bats in, um, in the Braves postseason against the Dodgers. You guys might remember that really um, fun home run, uh, three-run homer that... Uh, Eddie Rosario hit off of Walker Bueller, but it was actually Adrianza with a double that set that up. And so uh, he didn't have a lot of huge moments during the postseason, but that was a huge one. Uh, and so, you know, he's a guy with a World Series ring with the Braves. He went to the Washington Nationals this year, actually got hurt at the very beginning of the season, um, which probably set his season off to uh, the worst start possible. His numbers are not looking very good. He's hitting under 200 right now. Uh, but the Braves know that he has uh, some ability to hit, especially coming off the bench. And probably his biggest value uh, is just his ability to play all over the field. Uh, he can play every infield position and uh, both corner outfield positions. And so, uh, you know, barring any kind of injury uh, to any anybody, he just gives you a lot more flexibility defensively than probably anybody else on the team right now. Uh, so really good to have him. Uh, he's also a switch hitter. I don't know that you're going to see him uh, in a lot of big-time pinch hit uh, duty type of situations, but nonetheless, probably a good um, good guy to have on your roster. Uh, not going to blow anybody away, 
Uh, not going to, you know, set the world on fire, but nonetheless, uh, I think Adrianz is a guy that they know fits in the clubhouse and serves a purpose on a major league roster. Uh, the Braves had to give away Trey Harris in this deal. If you don't know Trey Harris, uh, a couple years ago, really the, the season before COVID, uh, Trey Harris was looking like he might turn into a big leaguer. Um, he was an older minor leaguer, uh, and that that COVID season really derailed him. The Braves chose not to bring him to uh, the kind of COVID camp because there were no minor leagues that season. And doesn't seem like he's ever really recovered from that. He's 26 years old now. Um, he is known to be one of the most likable guys in the entire Braves farm system. Uh, it's a guy you really root for. So maybe going to the Nationals, he gets an opportunity. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities to play at the big league level if you're in the national system. So it might be a great situation for him to break through because it wasn't going to happen with the Braves. The other thing, uh, the other important thing with the Adrianza move, uh, you know, the question was what kind of second baseman, what kind of infielder might the Braves bring in and uh, how that might signal uh, the health of Ozzie Albies. And it certainly looks like this signals that Ozzie is going to come back um, maybe, you know, beginning of September. In fact, Alex Anthopoulos was in the Braves booth a couple uh, couple games ago and said just pretty much just that, that the latest Ozzie uh, would probably be back would be mid-September, but likely more like early September. So that's really good. Maybe even he could be back before that. But, you know, Adrianz is not going to block anybody, uh, certainly not Ozzie Albies from playing second base when he comes back. So that's really encouraging uh, that Ozzie is likely to be back in the mix, an important part of the Braves as they enter the playoffs. The next, uh, the next bit of news that that broke for the Braves was a really big and surprising, uh, surprising news, and that was the extension of Austin Riley. Riley was the uh, National League Player of the Month for July. Had really a historic month, set the Braves' um, record for um, extra base hits in any month ever with 26 broke Hank Aaron's record so he was just totally on fire for the month of, month of July and put himself firmly in MVP uh, consideration probably just behind uh, Goldschmidt of the Cardinals uh, for a second right now in that race if he continues to hit like he has been he's probably going to win the MVP I mean he has been unbelievable over the last uh, six weeks to maybe even two months of the season really backing up what he did last year. You know, he was so good. He was a top 10 MVP candidate by the end of the year. Uh, people questioned, was this a flash in the pan? Uh, and then he came back this season, kind of had a slow start to uh, to his season, especially in the average category. Uh, but man, he has been so good um, in the last two months and just proves to you uh, what kind of hitter Riley has been. I really like Austin Riley. I think, um, just personally, he's a very humble guy, uh, hard worker. Uh, they say that you know he hasn't really changed since he, uh, became, you know, since he came into the big leagues. He he does have a big head. He's not playing for Austin Riley. He's playing for the team. He's really a guy that uh, you want on the team. So, anyways, this extension is is massive. It's a ten year, two hundred twelve million dollar deal. Uh, the breakdown of that is uh, he'll make $15 million next season, $21 million in 2024, and then for the remainder of the contract, he would make $22 million annually. Uh, there's also a 2033 club option uh, for $20 million. So at that point, he would be age 36, 
um, you know, some some players who are going to fall off uh, the map by then. Others age a little better. So we'll see about Riley. Of course, that's a long ways from now. Uh, 2023 kind of sounds like a setting of a sci-fi movie. It just seems like, uh, you know, uh, are we going uh, back to the future or something with with that kind of year? Uh, but, you know, that's that's where we are now. That is a long contract. It's a lot of money and a lot of years to commit to a single player. But Riley has really proven himself in a big way for the Braves. And this obviously is a way that they are putting their their trust and confidence in Austin Riley. Uh, so, you know, it's exciting for me. Riley is one of my favorite Braves. Uh, he's really um, at the beginning of last season. I remember really questioning, is this guy ever going to figure it out? If you recall, he had a really slow start last season after, you know, people kind of questioning, was he even the guy? And, um, and then he had a tremendous year uh, really for the last four or five months of last, last year. So uh, it's just, it goes to show you what hard work can do. Uh, he's always had that raw power, but he's been tapping into it. And probably what's more impressive is his ability to hit for a higher average than I think anybody thought uh, being pretty much right around 300, both last year and now this year, um, Riley has been just tremendous. Uh, it, this contract, as much as $212 million is, is probably going to turn out to be a little bit of a, a discount for the Braves to get Riley. I mean, um, any, MVP candidate kind of player is probably going to make more than 20, 21, $22 million a season. Um, you know, the, the real, um, the real risk of this contract is just in its length, you know, so when he's 34, 35, um, will he still be playing at a high level? Uh, maybe not, but I think it's very likely that he's playing above a 21, $22 million contract, um, value, uh, in his, uh, you know, in his uh, 26, 27, 28 years. Uh, Riley is a very good player, and uh, I think he's going to um, be around for the Braves for a long time, obviously. Um, like I said, I don't think this deal gets done, um, number one, if, if he hadn't proven to be the kind of um, hitter that he's proven to be over the last two years. But I also think he's proven to the Braves just what kind of, uh, leader he is. Uh, he is very much in that mold of a Chipper Jones, Freddie Freeman, just in terms of he's going to show up to work every day. He's going to be, he's going to set a tone for this is how you work. Uh, this is how you carry yourself. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's never going to put himself above the team. And I think that's uh, a kind of guy that you really need in your clubhouse. Um, the other fun thing that I think is true for the Braves, I'm going to uh, get into this a little more in a second, is that Riley's another guy that's locked up long term now, and so you can go, uh, you know, you can go to a game and you can wear your Riley jersey. I mean, you can expect him to be there for the long haul. Uh, the Braves are um, getting away from being a team that you know you, you sign guys to one or two year contracts, and you never know who's going to be on the team. There's a lot of guys now that are set uh, to be on the big league club for a long time. The Braves have a tremendous core of young players that are locked up. Uh, and that's really, really exciting. The other, the other exciting thing that came about with the Riley extension was a report from Mark Bowman. He's kind of the main beat reporter for the Braves. Bowman, Bowman's a guy that never um, really speculates with any kind of breaking news or the things that he says. He's very measured. And so when he mentions something, you can kind of take it to the bank. 
that it's um, from some good sources. So he reported um, that the Braves, uh, they're telling him that they have more money to spend, right? That this extension is not uh, breaking the bank for him, uh, that there's some other guys set for extensions that very likely could be extended, uh, and that the Braves want to get maybe even by next year to a top five payroll in the league, which is quite a report because that would mean that the Braves would uh, grow their payroll anywhere from 20 to $40 million next year. Uh, that's big time. Now, some of that makes sense because the Braves have been making a tremendous amount of money, of course, starting with their World Series run. But even this year, if you watch the Braves at all, they're basically selling out uh, every game, every home game. Uh, the buzz has been real around the stadium all year long, and they're, they have to be taking note of that. I mean, the fans are embracing this winning club, very exciting baseball that's being played in Atlanta. And uh, so it is really fun to think about uh, a Braves team that can go out and spend even a little bit more money than they have uh, and maybe go out and get a couple more big-name guys. So we're hoping that that is certainly um, an accurate report from Mark Bowman. But you really start thinking about the Braves' core. You know, I mentioned this. Riley is now signed through 2032 with an option for 2033. Matt Olson is signed through 2029 with a club option for 2030. Acuna signed through 2028. Ozzy signed through 2027. Uh, Contreras, William Contreras, of course, young guy, uh, is arbitration eligible through 2027. And Michael Harris is arbitration eligible. He hadn't even reached arbitration yet. So you're thinking probably 2028, 2029, that the Braves have him under club control. So you have this young, talented core, and that's just the position players. I haven't even gone into the pitchers. And so, you know, you think about that, and really you only have left field, DH, and shortstop that are not locked in long term. The elephant in the room is what the Braves are eventually going to do with Dansby Swanson. He is going to reach free agency, um, and, you know, he's going to be expensive, especially if he – finishes his season well you know he's hitting 300 right now uh his his power numbers have waned he for for whatever reason uh that's kind of gone away the last you know month or so but uh he's still hitting for really high average really solid defense he's going to command a decent salary um ken rosenthal recently um uh, the reporter for the athletic mentioned he was i mean this is just rosenthal but he was estimating that Swanson could uh, demand a contract around seven years, $175 million. That might be a little high, but even if you drop that down to 150 year, 140, $150 million, would the Braves be willing to pay Swanson that kind of cash? I don't know. I don't, I really don't. Um, it's, it's questionable. And, you know, the fact is the Braves have allowed Swanson to get to free agency. Um, that, as we know, we've, we've become much more aware of that recently. But when you allow a player to reach free agency, anything can happen. Uh, there might be teams out there that really, really value Swanson and need a shortstop. And uh, will the Braves step up and, and lock in Swanson for a long-term deal like that? There's going to be several, several more shortstops on the free agent market uh, coming up. Uh, likely, um, you know, you're talking about Trey Turner. Uh, maybe Xander Bogarts, likely Xander Bogarts, um, Carlos Correa. You got quite a few options out there. Uh, and not to mention, you know, the Braves have a um, rising shortstop prospect in Vaughn Grissom 
uh, who, you know, he's at double A right now. Maybe he needs an, another year of development, you know, especially defensively. But that be that could be a guy that the Braves really are, are starting to believe in and just want to bridge a gap to him uh, long term. So that will be something to uh, to keep in mind. The other guy to, to think about, um, you know, soon in terms of extension is Max Freed. It's trickier to extend pitchers. Uh, Freed is going to reach free agency as a little bit of an older guy. He'll be 30 years old by the time he's a free agent. Uh, it took him a little longer because of injury to get to the big league. So uh, what will they do? I mean, are you going to sign Max Freed to age 35 or 36? I feel like that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of risk involved with any kind of pitcher, um, you know, in that kind of long-term deal into those years. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting as to what they're willing to do and what Freed, how how much Freed wants to stay in Atlanta. Of course, you know, it is very nice that he is at the at very least uh, signed through 2024 with the Braves. So anyways, you know, you have Austin Riley, this massive contract. One, one thing that this does, I think, for a GM is it really clarifies some of um, the finances that the team has. Uh, in the next few years as the Braves um, signed um, Riley through his arbitration years um, and, of course, well beyond that. Um, but it gives a little more clarity to what they're going to do and and, um, and how much money they have this year and beyond. So after the Riley extension, uh, the next move that the Braves made was to uh, go out and get Robbie Grossman from the Tigers. He's an outfielder, and they, uh, they sent Chris Anglin, a minor league reliever, back to um, to the the Tigers. Uh, Anglin is not a top prospect by any means. I, I have to be honest, I hadn't even heard of Anglin. So uh, this is kind of a zero cost kind of thing. Um, Robbie Grossman, if you look at his stats from last year, it's pretty impressive. 23 home runs. Um, it was his kind of breakout season, but this year has been a big struggle. Don't look at his numbers for this year. They're not impressive at all. So why would the Braves go out and get him? Well, he does one thing really, really well, and that's hit lefties. Grossman is actually a switch hitter, uh, but this year and really his entire career, he's been better from the right side of the plate. Uh, you're talking about you know hitting over 350 this year um, from that side, um, almost a 500 on base percentage. Now that's over about 100 at bats, so it's not a not a huge sample size, but nonetheless, that is pretty consistent. Uh, with what he's done over the course of his career. So this is kind of a perfect guy. While he's not a big name, he's low cost, and you're going to be able to platoon him pretty successfully with Rosario. So this this move is really banking on Eddie Rosario um, playing well the rest of the season, which he's looked better and better over the last few uh, few weeks. And Robbie Grossman uh, continue to hit lefties well. And if you pair those together uh, effectively, you can you can foresee a pretty successful left field platoon. Um, he's also a solid, if not spectacular, uh, corner outfielder. You could kind of think of a Nick Markakis. You know, he's not going to get to every ball, but if he gets to that ball, he's going to catch it. All right. Um, so, you know, Robbie Grossman, this wasn't the um, – the sexiest move that the Braves made or have ever made, but I think it could play out pretty well um, if Grossman continues to perform against lefties. All right, the next move was Jake Odorizzi, uh, from the pitcher from the Astros, was acquired for uh, good old buddy Will Smith. 
Will Smith, of course, the closer for the Braves in their world championship year last year, uh, was kind of um, somewhat demoted to middle relief this season, did not perform well in that role, and really just has had a pretty pretty bad year. It's, it's unfortunate for Smith. You know, this is uh, his third year in Atlanta. Never really performed very well in the regular season, but was lights out in the, in the playoffs last year to his credit. Never allowed a run uh, in the entirety of the postseason last year. Got to give him props for that. Um, so another Brave with a World Series ring that is moving on. But it's kind of remarkable in a way. You know, Odorizzi is kind of a fourth or fifth starter kind of guy. He's he's had some injury. He hasn't pitched a ton this season because he's been in and out of the Astros rotation. But he's got a 3.75 ERA. Um, he's a kind, he's the kind of guy that probably will give up a couple runs every time he's he's out there, maybe two runs over five innings kind of guy. Uh, he's going to keep you in the game. He's not going to blow people away or be a high strikeout guy, uh, but nonetheless, he's solid. And as we know with the Braves offense, if you give the Braves that kind of performance, uh, more often than not, they're probably going to win the game. So I really like this move. It's kind of impressive that Anthopolis was able to get this kind of starter for a struggling reliever in Smith. Um, so, you know, you also save a little money, not that that's really that big of a deal right now, but more money goes back with Smith and comes with Odorizzi. He is signed in kind of a weird deal through next year. It's a, it's a player option uh, that um, has a lot of performance bonuses to it, that, so it could build over the rest of this season. Um, if it builds high enough, you could probably see Odorizzi um, uh, coming back to the Braves, accepting that option. Uh, if maybe he doesn't meet some of those, maybe he will be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, at this point, you get a sixth starter. And it makes sense when you look at the Braves' schedule right now. Uh, they have uh, two doubleheaders coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, so in this way, you go to six starters. Uh, you don't really have to do a bullpen game or, or push uh, starters, you know, to their limits or anything like that. Save your bullpen a little bit, and um, and then go from there. You really could go with six starters the rest of the season if you wanted to to give guys a little more rest. Um, Max Fried would probably benefit from that. They probably all would benefit a little bit from that. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, okay, now you have a fifth starter. Let's put Spencer Strider back in the bullpen." I think that's a really bad idea. The Braves have said time and time again that they are not believers in innings limits. Um, you know, I just will always remember how the Washington Nationals put Strasburg on inning li innings limits, uh, fearful of his arm issues, and it didn't really save him at all uh, from having arm issues. Um, you talk to a lot of pitchers, a lot of pitchers will say that being in the bullpen is actually a greater strain on your arm than being a starter. Um, and, uh, you know, so look, they're, they're, Strider just struck out 13 guys um, and and through about 100 pitches last night. Doesn't seem to be tired at all right now. Could that change? Yes. But, you know, it's just uh, sometimes I think uh, we have too much of a basic idea of uh, arms and arm fatigue. It's like we treat arms like they're tires, you know, like there's there's tread and eventually they're going to wear out. Uh, and I, I wonder sometimes if arms are more like transmissions that, you know, you get that arm up to speed and you keep it to that higher speed on the interstate. You never have to, you, you never have to, um, you know, crank it down 
and, and test that transmission. And um, so, you know, guys that are in the bullpen, I mean, you look at the night shift and the kind of innings that they put in over the, over the postseason last year, and all those guys seem to be, you know, lesser this year than they were last year. The best guy this year has been Mentor, but even recently he's kind of faltered. Matzik's trying to come back. Of course, we know Luke Jackson, um, Tommy John surgery, and of course, Will Smith is no longer a Brave. So, um, you know, I think bullpen usage, especially the way that bullpens are used in the postseason, might actually do more harm to your arm than being a starter. So I, I personally don't expect Strider to go to the bullpen. I think he's too valuable in the rotation. I think if anything, if his, if he gets to like some significant arm fatigue, they're just, they'll just shut him down for the year, but, but hopefully that won't happen. And I think just having Odorizzi is, um, is a nice little insurance policy. Um, if anybody does give out and you can have a six starter if needed down the stretch. Um, all right, so the next move, the last move of the trade deadline and um, the biggest splash that the Braves made uh, right before the deadline expired was getting Rysel Iglesias from the Angels for uh, Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. Uh, the biggest thing to know about Rysel Iglesias is he's been one of the top 10 relievers in the league for the last eight years. This is a very, very good relief pitcher. Uh, this is uh, kind of a a level of a pitcher that I wasn't expecting the Braves to go out and be able to get. So I'm really excited about this guy. He's been a little down this year from what he's been over the last, you know, six or seven years, but that's really connected to maybe two or three outings. I mean, look, he's been on the Angels. The Angels as a team have been in a funk. In some ways, you just wonder if a change of scenery will kick this guy back into gear. It's hard to play for a team that's just totally imploding. You know, the, the mental aspect of that is really hard. Uh, so this probably is going to re-energize him to be on a good team. Uh, but even with, so his ERA is right at four right now. Uh, I think his lifetime ERA is under three. Um, but even with that four ERA this season, he has a 33% K rate and a 6% walk rate, which is elite. Um, so this guy is a real arm. The Braves are probably going to use him as the primary setup guy, maybe along with Mentor to set up Jansen. But you also have to think long-term, and the Braves do a really good job of this, not just thinking about this season, but seasons in the future as well. And uh, with Will Smith now being gone, you're a little unsure about the night shift and you know some of those guys that have been injured. Um, and Jansen is on a one-year deal. Uh, with some of his health issues that he's had. Having Rysel Iglesias signed beyond this year is very valuable, potentially being your your closer for the next few years. Iglesias is 32. There's a little bit of age on him, and you just don't know. It's hard to project relievers. But he signed for three more years, um, and it's great to have that kind of guy in the fold. Um, the Braves are definitely paying him some money. Um, he has his current contract is four years, $58 million. You know, so the Braves are obviously on the hook for that. But if he continues to perform at the level he has been, that's uh, that's not an unreasonable contract. Um, so, you know, the Braves, were they as aggressive? Did they pick up as many guys um, as they did last year? Probably not, you know, but the Braves had greater needs last season at the trade deadline. Remember, they had to replace their entire outfield. <laughs> um, and... Alex Anthopoulos pulled all the right buttons, and we can't assume that all these guys are going to work out in the way that 
that it did last season. But, you know, it's still exciting to bring in some guys to, to fill some needs. Basically, this, this trade deadline, um, most of these moves really help to improve depth around the edges for this team. And then Iglesias can fit really nicely into the back of that bullpen. Clearly, the Braves needed a little re-energizing in the bullpen. Even though it's been really good all year, there were some, there were some signs that was starting to, um, uh, you know, get, get a little tired. And so he bring, he breathed some new life into that for sure. I am certainly sad that the guy I'm saddest to see go is Jesse Chavez. He is a fun brave. He was a big part of the Braves world series team last year in the bullpen. He's been very good since being acquired from the Cubs, um, at the early part of this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back to the Braves at some point next year. Um, so anyways, it's, you know, sad to see him go. Um, giving up Tucker Davidson, who's, who's, you know, a triple A pitcher and close to the bigs. Um, he'll probably get a pretty good, uh, chance with the angels who are, uh, pitching poor. And, uh, you know, so you, you hope that he can figure some things out there. He probably didn't have a spot in Atlanta. So you look at particularly what the brace had to give up to get some of these needs. And it's not much. I mean, think about it. They gave up Will Smith, Jesse Chavez, Tucker Davidson, Trey Harris, and Chris Anglin. Um, that is not a high price by any standard. Uh, and they go out and you get a really high-end bullpen guy. You get a fourth or fifth type starter guy. And you get, you know, a couple guys coming off the bench, Grossman, who might do some things offensively when a lefty's in there. Um, so it's good. You know, this is not, um, you know, as sexy as, um, San Diego going and get one going to get Juan Soto. Okay. But it still really puts the Braves in a better position than they were a few days ago. Um, and you got to be excited about that. Um, the only guy I would say, you know, if looking back, the guy that I really wanted the Braves to target that they maybe targeted, but didn't, uh, didn't ultimately get was Brandon Drury. I think he would have fit really good. Uh, he would have been a better offensive get than anybody that they, they ended up getting, um, you know, he's primarily an infielder, could have played second base. Again, we figure Ozzy's coming back, so maybe they determined he wasn't the biggest need. But he could have dh He could have probably played some outfield once Ozzy comes back. So they did not go out and get him. San Diego amazingly picked him up as well on top of everybody else that they that they got. But nonetheless, I can't be too uh, too disappointed with what the Braves did during this trade deadline. You know, what I will really say is the Braves are very good at balancing short-term need as well as long the long-term future. Um, they don't tend to leverage the future just for this year. And I think other teams do that. And clearly San Diego did that. I mean, San Diego is as all-in as it gets. I mean, Juan Soto, um, you know, Brandon Drury, Josh Hader, um, Josh Bell, they, they gave up so many top prospects and they had one of the best farm systems in baseball. Well, they don't anymore. And, you know, you can say that it was worth it and maybe it was, but all I would say for San Diego is they better win a world series in the next three years. Cause after Soto, you know, he can reach free agency and he might, and, um, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting if he does. And they, you know, by the end of that, they haven't won a world series. So, um, because they they do not have any kind of farm system at this point. Uh, the Braves, of course, are rebuilding theirs. But 
But nonetheless, um, it's going to be really interesting to see the National League, especially National League West, and how that balances out. The Braves, I think one thing it, uh, it does with San Diego is it makes it more important that the Braves win this division because uh, you do not want, as the Braves, to have to go uh, face off against San Diego in a three-game series, um, wild-card series, um, and get, get past that because it, they are going to be a very talented and tough team to get past in the playoffs. So Braves need to win the division. Hopefully these moves uh, that they made uh, at the trade deadline are going to do that. Um, the Mets made a few moves too, but nothing that's going to, you know, probably totally change the game uh, in terms of, um, you know, the National League East, nothing that really, really jumps out at you. So Braves have this five-game series against the Mets. It's going to be super interesting to see um, how that plays out. The Braves, hey, they, they need to win the series at the very least, right? You go three and two, you at least pick up a game and you move on and you're going to play the Mets several more times over the course of, of this um, this season, especially in August, um, you know, if you can go four and one, hey, that's really nice, and um, you know, you're gonna make them really nervous. But uh, obviously, we're gonna see, guys. It's been great to be back with you. Uh, the The trade deadline is always really fun. We have one of the better GMs in baseball, I believe that, and Alex Anthopoulos. And it's gonna be interesting to see if some of these guys uh, kind of show up just like last year uh, and and start playing. If Eddie Rosario. If Marcelo Zuna, if Ronald Acuna start hitting to a level that, that we know they're capable of doing, especially Acuna, I think the Braves are in a very good position um, to win this thing. And Austin Riley, keep dominating. Mm -hmm.